T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Richmond. Michael Phillips here, MP. On the mic, we are off and running on a Thursday morning, November 9th, a jam-packed day in the world of sports. We will get you ready for all of it at 1030 Checking in with the Hokies women's basketball team. Big game tonight. They take on Iowa. Matchup of two final four teams from last year. We'll look forward to that one. 8 o'clock tip tonight on ESPN2. Just across the way on Espen the Original. UVA football. They're down at Louisville for a Thursday nighter that has certainly uh, lost some of its steam with uh, UVA taking a pretty bad loss on Saturday. And uh, Louisville, man, they are surging. A win against UVA would all but lock up their spot in the ACC title game against Florida State. I think they'd be a very worthy opponent there. I think that would be a fun game to watch. So we'll keep an eye on both of those things tonight. Our pal Lane Casadante joins us from CBS 6 Sports. That'll be in hour number two. We'll look forward to that and We will hear from VCU basketball coach Ryan Odom, his weekly press conference taking place this morning. We will bring that to you right here during the program. MP on the mic. That's what you're listening to. That's what I'm doing. I'm talking into the microphone. That's that's the ballgame. That's what we do. And it is a live from Ashburn Thursday. Always a lot of fun doing the Ashburn show, uh, talking to you. From up here, doing the Commanders thing, uh, you can read my writing in the Washington Times uh, for the for the interim period, but uh, I'm in this one for the long haul, and uh, it's fun to talk to the guys, catch up with them, bring those conversations to you on the radio here. So over the next couple segments, we'll play some of those for you. We'll break down the conversation around the team and around this game as the Commanders get ready to head to Seattle this weekend uh, for what I'm declaring to be uh, a, a, not a big game, but a big opportunity for the Washington Commanders. Because if they win this one, they're back at 500, coming home, and they'll be taking on the completely decimated, completely depleted New York Giants next week. And I'm going to get ahead of that one now. That's a must-win game. Doesn't matter if they win this week or not. Doesn't matter what their record is. If they want to be taken seriously as a football club, as a football outfit. They got to beat the New York Giants 
at home. That, you know, that was the start of their problems last year when they couldn't do that on the Sunday night football. Uh, same situation brewing this year. Uh, but first, first a trip to Seattle where they've had some regular season success. Uh, certainly a roster that is that is built to contend down there. Uh, we'll see what Sam Howell does in his first start in Seattle. I think that's going to be a really fun game. We'll talk about Sam Howell's place in football and in the hierarchy of quarterbacks. That's coming up in the next segment. One of the things I told you yesterday, though, I was excited to talk to Tress Way. One, I love talking to Tress Way. Two, he was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Fifth time in his career he's had that honor. Certainly one of the commander's most dependable players over the last few years. Uh, good week for Tressway. He's out there rocking the red at the Caps game last night. Saw him. And they put him on the TNT broadcast there for a second. And uh, coming off of his fifth player of the week nod of his career, here is Tressway, Washington Commander's punter. It is it's still it is still surreal for me. Um, I just the longer I've played, I, I think the more thankful I've gotten. Uh, I still remember my journey of making it to the NFL. I still remember my journey of making it here. Uh, I'm just thankful for how the fans view our punt team. You know, view me. We go out. We don't know when we're going on the field. Nobody wants to see us on the field, and so and I get that. We don't want to go on the field, but we have to. And so when we go out there, we hope that we can make a play. And it's just, it is so fun. Like. Chick, you got to think, dude. It's the punt team, and guys are jacked that we're going out, pinning them deep. That is the stuff that is very fun. That is the things that will never get old. And then I, I got to talk my son how to stop playing with the ball. They give you these really cool painted balls, like okay. best teams player of the week. Well, my little man keeps taking them out and throwing them against the wall. I'm like, dude, what are you freaking doing? Put that back. Like, that's a cool one, man. But he's got all these other balls, but he takes those. So it is. Uh, it, it never gets old, man. It's very, very thankful. Love Tress Way. Love Having him on these commanders teams through some lean years, he's always provided a ton of entertainment. Dressway, by the way, made his own trivia board game a few years ago. He used to run trivia in the locker room on Fridays. Uh, just a just a great presence there, always welcoming to every all the new players as they roll through. Love seeing good things happen to him. Tressway, NFC special teams player of the week. It's a Thursday. We're taking you inside the commander's locker room. Always one of the highlights of the week. Love bringing you the conversations with the different players. My favorite conversation of the day, though, was with Jonathan Allen. We'll get to that in a second. But first, we're going to hear from Terry McLaurin, star receiver, getting ready to go down to Seattle, take on the uh, the 12th man, the noise, all of those things that happen uh, up there in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I've never been there, so uh, but I've heard. Obviously, they have the name the 12th man for a reason, so their crowd definitely plays a factor. Uh, that's definitely an advantage they have. I think for us, um, you score points in the red zone, um, you make plays on third down. Uh, so those opportunities where crowds are really loud, red zone, third down, got to have it situations. Um, we got to be, we have to execute if we want to keep that at a minimum. Um, but we're not really focused on the crowd. Obviously, we, we have to prepare for it. But as um, long as we do our jobs, it should take care of itself. But, um, um, yeah, that's definitely an advantage that they have. I know there's work still to be done with this offense, but 400 yards plus the last two games, you got to think yeah. about where you guys are trending. Uh, definitely. I think you, you see a lot of marked improvement by our, by our team, offensive line, uh, quarterback, receivers, running backs, tight ends. Uh, you can start seeing things gel together a lot better, which uh, is great. Um, I think as we continue to, now that we're at the halfway point, we got to, again, uh, just be better in the critical situations, 
third down, red zone. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I don't say that to be facetious at all, um, but you know our season's not over by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, we know we have a great opponent coming up, and um, we have to execute on a high level to be able to beat these kind of teams. Uh, so um, if we can stay ahead of schedule, take care of the football as well, um, on the road, those are really key to having success. So Seattle is a team you're chasing. They're ahead right. of you in the standings. Do you guys view this as a little extra spice because they are ahead of you in playoff implications? Because at the end of the day, that's where you want to go. Yeah, um, obviously I think they've had success there for a long time, and um, they present a, a, a really good challenge for us offensively and defensively. Um, I don't think we're really in the mindset of this is like a playoff game or uh, – you know, we have to beat this team to get in the playoffs. We really have to focus on the opponent that we have for this week, and it happens to be the Seahawks. I think when you look too far ahead or trying to plan for the future, you you, uh, you leave yourself susceptible to not focusing on the details. And um, going against an opponent like this, I think is a, a great test for us to, to see can we go on the road and put another good week back-to-back and try to get a win. Um I think that's extremely important for us. If we want to have aspirations to make it in the playoffs and have a chance to have success there, we have to start stringing wins together and being consistent against playoff caliber teams. And so we have the opportunity this week, and I think we're looking forward to it. Got to completely agree with Terry McLaurin there, the Washington Commanders, very much still in the playoff hunt. This is an interesting game from that perspective because the Seahawks are presumably one of the other teams that's going to be in that playoff hunt. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the Niners. I think the Niners probably right the ship. I think they probably end up in a situation where uh, they are uh, winning winning that division, relegating the Seahawks to the wild card. But if the Seahawks win this week, if the Niners continue to lose, could could be flip-flopped, could be a big game when the Niners come to FedEx. It's, It's a little too early to call these things, a little too early to call these you know, important games or must-win games. Same when they went down to Atlanta. You just don't know where these teams are going to end up at the end of the year for the Washington Commanders. But up next, uh, I want to play my conversation with Jonathan Allen. You also hear uh, J.P. Finley of our sister station, 106.7 The Fan up in D.C., chatting with Jonathan as well. John Allen is, is one of the, just the, I love talking to this dude. He's, he's wired for football, wired to dominate, um, started by, asking him about the young players uh, who had a great game last week, and then we we move on to other topics. Uh, he appears on the Junkies on Monday morning. I'm referencing an interview he gave where he talked about after losses, he gets in the hot tub, uh, gets in the hot tub, shares his frustrations with his wife, has a seltzer, and then gets over it and moves on to the next week. So I asked him about that, uh, but first here's John Allen on the role the young players are playing. Rookies came to play last week in that win up in New England. Just gives them confidence enough that they can do it at a high level. You know, the thing is between good players and great players and bad players is just consistency. Anybody can be good for a play or a stretch or a drive or a quarter or a game, but the great players consistently do it. And as a team, that's what we're trying to do. John, I heard you on the Junkies a few weeks ago talking about how after game you get in the hot tub, get mad about it, get over it. Do you do that after wins too? Is it like more therapeutic after a win? Uh, after wins, I, as soon as I get home, it's on to the next. Don't have time to focus on it. You know, complacency is not where I want to be, and that's something I try really hard to avoid. So I'm in wins. I'm extra critical of myself and what I could do better, and, you know, I'll move forward from there. Did you enjoy a victory Tuesday? Uh, yeah, it was nice. But if I, I'm a guy where if I don't have anything to stress out about, I stress out about it. So <laughs> I'm always looking at what I can do to improve and get better, and, you know, there's a long season left. 
right now, yeah. I'm gonna make sure I'm, I gotta play good this game. Gotta do everything I gotta do to help my team win. Gotta stay healthy and yeah. Did, so, did you receive appropriate gratitude in here for making Victory Tuesday happen? Uh, kind of made it happen. Nah, nah. nah I, I was just the catalyst to bring it up, but it was a team, man. So, I mean, not having to come in was more than I could have ever asked for. So, what about like April? Are you still stressed out in April? Yeah, because I got. I'm a firm believer of if you don't have a good off season, you're not going to have a good season. So, I mean, everything you're seeing happen now, I feel like it's a result of what I put in in the off season. So, in the off season, I'm still getting ready for the season. Football is a stressful game. I mean, I'm, I feel like some people can handle the stress and some people can't. I'm a guy who deals and plays well in the stress. So, for me, stress isn't a bad thing. I think stress is good. You know, when I'm not stressed, that's probably when I retire because I won't care no more. Is it like a motivator almost? For sure. For sure. You know, Coach Seven used to always say, I hate losing more than I like winning. So, the fear of losing motivates you more than the joy of winning. I always love talking to Jonathan Allen. Got a, got a little music in the background there. Locker room was bumping yesterday. Uh, not not sure why, honestly. Um, they beat the Patriots, kind of, 20-17, to 17, but the, the vibes were very good. They'd had two days off. They got Monday and Tuesday off. Light practice yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Uh, their new approach to practicing over the week. They're doing the heavy practice on Thursday. But I love hearing from Jonathan Allen. I love his perspective on the game. And he... If he's not worried, he's worried. And that that's the way he approaches it. That's why he's dominated. It's why he's made as much money as he's made playing football. Uh, you talk about how the great athletes approach the game, and certainly uh, he's got that mentality. He references Coach Saban a lot, clearly took a lot from his time at Alabama, took to the, the, the hard coaching that Nick Saban gives out at Alabama uh, and the, uh, the results that pays off for him, uh, the results that come from working that hard. All right, we got to step aside more inside the commander's locker room when we return. We're off and running. It's a Thursday morning. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 1051. Welcome back. Welcome back. Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic. That's the show live on 910 The Fan, 1051 FM worldwide on the free Odyssey app. Appreciate you spending your Thursday morning with us, getting you ready for a big day in the world of sports. At the bottom of the hour, we'll hear from Liz Kitley and Georgia Amore and Coach Kenny Brooks, Virginia Tech women's basketball team, getting ready for a big game tonight. They were in the Final Four last year. Iowa was in the Final Four last year. They will clash in Charlotte tonight. Got some UVA football on tap tonight as they head to Louisville for a Thursday nighter, and at the top of the hour, we'll get you ready for VCU basketball tomorrow night. VCU taking on Samford, so we'll look forward to that one. We'll hear from VCU coach Ryan Odom. Right now, though, it's a Thursday, so it's a Thursday from Ashburn, and that's the show today. We're going to take you inside the commander's locker room, talk about everything going on with the team as they get ready to travel to Seattle, a game against the Seahawks this weekend. And they mixed up their practice schedule a little over the last couple of weeks. So traditionally in season, they take Monday off. On Tuesday, they do classroom work, rehab, things of that nature. Then Wednesday's the big, long, full practice, a two-hour practice, putting on the pads, installing the plays, getting ready. Thursday, you know, hour and a half, but still still padded, still still intense, still some speed, some action to it. And then Friday, they do situational work, a little bit more of a walkthrough, get ready for the game on Sunday. Now, Ron Rivera switched it up the last couple of weeks, and they've been doing walkthroughs on Wednesday and Friday. 
and then putting the, the heavy work in on Thursday. So a slightly lighter practice week. Eagles have been doing this too. Uh, it's definitely been a trend in the NFL as they, you know teams try to keep their guys healthy and ready for the 17-game season. Here's Ron Rivera yesterday on the Commander's new practice schedule. I, I think we do because in the last couple of weeks is, is really the, the what you've seen. And I, I thought, again, the, 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 the game against uh, Philadelphia, we, we saw some some – some guys playing with some really good GPS numbers, um, and then uh, this past week, looking at those numbers, they're all positives. You know, they're, they're, those are good things. And really, now it's about giving them a chance to have an extra day to get their bodies back. Uh, today, the high emphasis, emphasis more than anything else on Wednesdays is the mental aspect, and 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 really just making sure you're you're aware of of what we're trying to do. Um, you know, like for the offense alignment, it's understanding what we're going to see versus this defensive front. Um, for the receivers is what kind of coverages are we going to get and you know how are we going to be able to beat those coverages and really just trying to see it as you know the proposed game plans are, are, are given to, to, to all three phases. And it's really the mental aspect, the X's and O's. Tomorrow we'll ramp it up with the, with the tempo. Um, and then Friday we'll try to ramp it up even more so that by the time we get to Sunday we're, 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 on, we're on an upswing more so than you know those first few weeks or the first seven, eight weeks as far as just the work and getting those things down. Now that you're at the halfway point, the attitude is, and, and again, like I said, a lot of this comes from when I was with Andy Reid, is now it's about getting them back physically and then preparing them so that things are ramping up towards the end of the week. That's Commander's Coach Ron Rivera on the team's new practice schedule. You're inside the Commander's locker room as we do Thursdays here on MP on the mic. I got no problems with throttling back the practice schedule. And the Commanders really have not been super decimated by injuries this year, at least certainly not relative to the rest of the NFL. We're seeing quarterbacks go down, star players go down, Sam Howell. Leads the league in sacks, staying upright. He's, he's a tough customer as they come, and, and that availability has to factor in our co- topic of the day here on the Commanders. Where does Sam Howell rank in the pantheon of NFL quarterbacks right now? And where does he rank in terms of, you know, where would you rank him with the other 31 NFL stars? That's a trickier ranking, right? Because you got guys who were in there. You'd say Sam Howell is. Rising up the rankings by virtue of not being hurt right now. Certainly, a lot of the quarterbacks starting around the league, uh, you know, the New York Giants with DeVito and, uh, you know, what whatever Carson Wentz is doing out there in Los Angeles with the Rams. Uh, there, there's certainly a ton of guys who'd say Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Howell is, you would rank ahead of them. But in the, in the scheme of the 32, uh, Sam Howell is ranked by ESPN, their QBR rating as 20th in the league, number 20 overall. The Washington offensive stats are generally about middle of the pack, middle of the league. And I love that. I love where they are right now. And I love the progress they've made. And I love how they've looked over the last couple of weeks. Now, there's always going to be people who say, got to get more, got to get more production out of them, you know, need, need to continue to, to raise. And, and they should certainly be striving for that. But Sam Howell, relative to the contract is absolutely overperforming. Look who's look who's around him. So ESPN's got Russell Wilson one spot below Sam Howell at 21st. I'm not here to tell you Sam Howell's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Russ's career speaks for itself. His ability speaks for itself. In a one-game situation this weekend, I'm putting Russ in at quarterback. 
But Russell Wilson's making a whole lot of money this year. He's making a whole lot of money for the next few years. And it's a salary cap league. You keep coming back to that. You can only spend a finite amount of money on players. And that's money that the commanders have to spend on a defense, to spend in other areas. Perhaps someday they'll get returned for their money on defense. We have not seen that yet, but perhaps someday that will happen. You've got Daniel Jones of the Giants down there in the narrow. Daniel Jones making a ton of money. Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders. These guys are better positioned because of the rookie quarterback than a lot of those guys. Now, you also say, look, you'd trade it all in a second. You'd even spend more money for a guy in that top tier, right? For a Mahomes, for a Herbert, for a Josh Allen, uh, for a Joe Burrow. Um, but then you get the gray area, right? You got guys who are making money, and then you got to weigh it. You know, Derek Carr is above Sam Howell in the ratings. I don't. I wouldn't trade Sam Howell for Derek Carr with the current contract situations. Baker Mayfield in Tampa. He's not making as much money, but again, you you wouldn't make that trade and absorb that much salary for a moderate increase in salary. One of, one of the best things in the NFL to have is either a really expensive quarterback who's awesome or a rookie quarterback who's fine and getting the job done on a rookie contract. Worst thing you can do in football is be spending a lot of money on a quarterback who's not lifting the team, not in that top tier. Isn't that the Kirk Cousins situation? That, that's why they moved Jared Goff out of L.A., right? If you're spending that kind of money on a quarterback... You need to be getting a return, and you need to be getting a return that justifies the amount of money that you spent on that quarterback. And so for some of those guys, that's just not happening. Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Sam Howell, as we're sorting this out, sorting where these guys rank. But would you trade Sam Howell for Deshaun Watson straight up with their contract situations coming in? Watson could sink his team like a like a rock over the next few years if he doesn't keep producing or if injuries hold him back. He's guaranteed a lot of money. I, I don't know that you would go down that road. Now, there's certainly rookies you, you would try. I think Justin Fields is a very interesting case. Justin Fields, probably a lot more raw talent than Sam Howell. Hasn't put it together yet in Chicago. That would that that's more of an interesting straight up to me. Uh, in terms of guys who have been in the league for a little while, you, you've got a little bit of a sample size on them. Uh, what what does that look like? What would that look like? But I, I think Washington's decently positioned with Sam Howell. I think he will have at least one more step back, you know, potentially major step back this season. Maybe it'll come in Seattle this weekend. But on the whole, I think they're very well positioned with the contract status and what you're getting and the potential. And you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, the sacks, things have improved. He's not perfect by any stretch, but that improvement has really unlocked the next phase of the offense. Now, they still need some more run game. They still need some more, uh, you know, explosive plays. We'll see if that comes around Sunday in Seattle, but I love the strides they're making. That's inside the commander's locker room. We'll play some more clips later in the show for you if we have time. Always fun to do on a Thursday from Ashburn. This is MP on the mic. Back after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. And we are back. 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM. You're enjoying MP on the mic. Thanks for letting us take you around Richmond on this Thursday morning. All right. Thursday means a lot of things. It means 
College football tonight, UVA at Louisville. We'll be keeping an eye on that one. It means NFL football, of course. We probably won't be keeping an eye on that one, the, the Panthers and the Bears. But tonight, it means a pretty big deal women's basketball game down in Charlotte. The Virginia Tech Hokies will be taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And both these teams made the Final Four last year. Both these teams have a preseason All-American, Caitlin Clark for Iowa, who's a ton of fun to watch, Liz Kitley for the Hokies, uh, who was equally awesome as the Hokies made their drive to their first Final Four under Coach Kenny Brooks last year. Should be an exciting game. Uh, a lot of us are uh, really fired up for this one and have been ever since the schedule was released. Uh, Virginia take. Tech taking on a very challenging non-conference schedule this year, uh, but this one in particular is going to be a lot of fun. Second game of the year, going to have big implications for down the line, too. Here's Liz Kitley on what this one means for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it may not be a national championship game, but I think we're also aware of like the opportunity this is to build our resume, because um, obviously when there's seeding coming in uh, March or whenever that happens, like people are going to look back on this game. Um, so, so we're aware of that, but I mean, yeah, we also just know it's it's a good opportunity to play, see where we're at early against a really good opponent. Um, and I think I think it helps a lot that we had a good game last night and we're able to uh, evaluate some things off of that and go from there. That was Liz Kitley of the Virginia Tech Hokies at Game Tips at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN2. Uh, Hokies had a press conference to promote the game the other day. Uh, here's Virginia Tech coach Kenny Brooks on, on what this one means both for the team and globally. We're very fortunate to to be a part of it. The Charlotte Sports Club, you know, when they approached us, uh, Danny Morrison, uh, it was just an opportunity that, that we really could not pass up. Um, said it a hundred times, you know, no one wants to be playing a team as good as Iowa in your, in your second game, but it's a great opportunity for women's basketball to showcase themselves. Um, Thursday night, you know, it's been really a good time. I know they have Thursday night NFL football, but... If you're like me, it's hard finding it on prime video and, you know, whatever. So, you know, we're going to be front and center uh, to be able to showcase, you know, not only what our program can represent, but what women's basketball represents. So, in essence, I think it's a win-win situation for us. Uh, we're going to go down and play a very good opponent, the number three ranked team in the country. And uh, But, you know, we're excited about it, and I think it's a great opportunity. Buddy, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, here's the problem with Amazon Prime, with watching the NFL games on Amazon Prime. Now, Kenny Brooks, I, that, that was a little bit of, that was a little superlative. I think everybody knows where Amazon is located in the world these days. The problem with Amazon Prime, though, is you can't channel surf. You can't, you, during the game, when it goes to a commercial, you can't just flip to another channel, check in on the other game, because you got to do, like, do the menu thing, or, you know, do the uncasting thing. It, it's a huge mess. It's a huge mess. Just watch the Hokies instead. Hokies Iowa tonight, ESPN2. While the Who's play on ESPN, the original, uh, against Louisville, a little football matchup there. Here's Kenny Brooks, who was coaching at JMU for a while, and uh, a really good answer here. He was asked about leaving JMU to become a Virginia Tech Hokies women's basketball coach and obviously had a ton of success at JMU and now has the Hokies on the doorstep of uh, – uh, you know, potentially national titles, uh, you know, a great program. He's recruited really well. Um, but I, I think he also understands the landscape of women's college basketball. And it's not a UConn yet. It's not a an LSU or a Baylor yet. Uh, but the Hokies are definitely carving out their own space in that territory. 
You know, when, when I was at James Madison, um, it wasn't as much parody. Uh, you know, it was UConn, Tennessee, UConn, Tennessee, and you, you might see someone slip in there every now and then. But it was pretty much the same cast of characters. And UConn and Tennessee are still a part of, you know, the the landscape of women's college basketball. Uh, but there are a lot of other teams. And uh, and, that, and that's, like, I loved my time at JMU. Loved it. You know, I could have retired there and, you know, uh, it's home, uh, a lot of different things. But, you know, my, my competitive drive, I wanted to test my wits against the best and uh and when virginia tech came i think during my press conference i felt like it was a sleeping giant it gave me an opportunity that we could go and build a program that could compete nationally and uh and it took a little bit of time you know you know i, I was no you know I didn't, I didn't have any magical dust that i could just put on the program in a, in a year or two and expect it to be a national contender it was going to take a little bit of time you know to come in and you know lay down your philosophies and what you want out of the program and we were fortunate enough to go get some of those blue collar kids like elizabeth kidley georgia a moore kayla king uh asia shepherd who really you know kicked this thing off for us uh to add some pieces like a taylor soul a deasia greg kayana trailer you know and then the recipe is that they came together you know, right before I came over here, Taylor Soul and DeAsia Gregg were in my office, and they just reminisced about how they came together, you know, how they sacrificed and um, how much they loved, you know, the run that they had. And so, you know, that's that's the recipe to be able to go out and compete at this level. You know, we, we are not fortunate enough that we're going to go and get, you know, three, four, five McDonald's All-Americans. But we have to get kids who are willing to come in here and work hard. Work hard, uh, know know their talent, and uh, we got a group of those right now who uh, they know they can go out and compete against anyone as long as they stick together and stay together, and uh, that's why we're fortunate. It's been it's been a fun ride. Uh, I've loved every minute of it, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where it can go. That was Hokies women's basketball coach Kenny Brooks, who uh, is coaching the Hokies tonight against Iowa, a matchup of Final Four teams from last year. At just a really great moment across the board for women's basketball. And he mentioned the parody that now exists in the game that didn't exist before, which people always ask, right? Like UConn winning all those titles, UConn having its win streak, is that good or bad for the sport? And the answer was always yes. The answer was UConn having that dominance was great for the sport because it got people to tune in. People want to see greatness. People want to watch Tiger Woods. People want to watch Serena Williams. They, they want to watch... Tom Brady as they win Super Bowls, but they also want to see those people dethroned and knocked off their hill. And, and obviously with UConn, that's happened the last few years. And the parody now is also good for the game because it's going to bring more regions in. It's going to bring more fan bases in. I, I would venture a guess there's a lot of Hokies fans out there that hadn't watched a lot of women's basketball in its entirety before that Hokies run to the Final Four, which obviously captivated all of us. And the, the fact that they bring a lot of that team back is is really good for Blacksburg, good for business, and uh, certainly the crowds have been fantastic down there at the Castle down in Blacksburg. That's what you need to grow the sport long term. You need a lot of great teams, a lot of very marketable players, uh, a lot of players who are a ton of fun. Uh, one of those on the other side tonight, of course, you're going to love watching Caitlin Clark at Iowa. But it's, it's a moment for women's basketball. It's, it's a moment for the sport, and it's fun to see the Hokies in the middle of that. Here is Liz Kitley from Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Amor. Uh, you'll hear second talking about the importance of tonight and having these national spotlights and uh, what it means for them and their sport going forward. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we can all say that 
it's really cool. Obviously, uh, this sport, this brand of basketball, is something that we've participated in and been a fan of for a long time now. So it's cool to see uh, other people also uh, kind of seeing the same things in it as us. Um, and we're very aware that uh, the star power that has emerged uh, in women's basketball has contributed to that to that a lot. Um, and obviously, on Thursday, that's a huge opportunity to build it even further and to get more eyes on women's basketball. And I think we're all a big fan of that. Yeah, right. I would also add that it probably extends. You know, it's more of like everyone watching. But if you just like look at the freshman class coming in, like every I think women's basketball in general, like the skill and everything is just like advancing year by year. Because watched a lot of those games yesterday, and a lot of those freshmen were for sure showing out. So it's great to see. Um, people coming in and, and really excelling the game on all aspects. That was Georgia Amor, and before that you heard Elizabeth Kitley of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokies take on Iowa and women's basketball tonight, 8 p.m. tip on ESPN2, what a lot of people are going to be tuning in for. And if you're tuning in for your first Hokies game after hearing about their final four run last year, Georgia Amor, she's not the, the star player on the Hokies team, that's Kitley, but she's the one who may be guarding Iowa's Caitlin Clark tonight, who's one of the best players in the country. Of course, you saw her on her run to the Final Four last year. Part of that star power that, that's injecting women's college basketball with uh, you know record ratings, record interest, record attendance. And uh, so here's Georgia Amore on potentially taking on Caitlin Clark tonight. A pretty big, pretty big assignment for game number two of the season. Um, yes and no. Yes, because Caitlin is great. She's spectacular. But, you know, I'm not biting at the bit saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better than Caitlin. I think it's a team game at the end of the day. love my teammates. My job is to set them up, facilitate them. I'm not going to be, you know, hanging out just to have better stats than her. That's just not what I prioritize. Um, but in saying that, she's a great matchup. She, you want to talk about, you know, changing the game the woman's game like she has been phenomenal in doing that she's been at the forefront of that so it's a great opportunity but I'm not sitting here saying hyping myself up about trying to have more stats than her well and modest or not that'll be a fun matchup and a fun measuring stick for those guys and uh chance to see a couple final four teams in prime time tonight look we're devoting an entire segment of the show today to how exciting that'll be uh, AWOD radio went down to ACC women's basketball media day we were over at a 10 women's basketball media day there's there's a ton of momentum a ton of excitement in the sport and uh locally we were Chatting with the VCU coaches, uh, I guess that was a couple weeks ago, as they were getting ready for their season. They'll be playing a game at the new uh, Henrico Event Center here in December. That's going to be a ton of fun. A chance for people to see that building for the first time. Uh, At the end, though, tonight, tonight is about showcasing the sport. Tonight is about people watching. But it's also a a pretty important game for a couple of teams that want to get that early leg up. And uh, for Georgia Amor, uh, you heard a little bit earlier, but she... uh, she went hard with it later here. This is this is one to win as well. You can, we can read into everything and all the media and all the hype, but at the end of the day, it is a basketball game. You know, we could play at Spectrum Center. We can play in, you know, Blacksburg local high school gym. Like, it's the same, same attitude, same game plan. Like, nothing, all the extra flair and stuff is not adding anything to us, you know. Obviously, we know how much great of a great team Iowa is, you know. They returned... I don't think they got any transfers, did they? So, like, they have, like, a really good group. They're, they've got great chemistry. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just the next game on our schedule, and we're going to treat it 
with everything we have because, you know, it's what we do. It, it, it's just, yeah. It's what they do, and the Hokies have done that really well under Kenny Brooks. So fired up for tonight should be a great matchup. We'll, of course, uh, relay the highlights to you tomorrow morning on MP on the mic. I know AWOD Radio will get you pumped up for that game as well. He takes over at noon, takes you to 3 o'clock, part of a full day of live and local sports programming right here. We're going to step aside for a minute. We will be back to wrap up the hour, get us to 11 o'clock. Whole other hour of MP on the mic coming. Glad you're with us on this Thursday morning. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. And we are back, hour number two, MP on the mic. Coming at you, Michael Phillips here. We are going to take you over to the Siegel Center on West Broad Street. This is VCU coach Ryan Odom giving his weekly press conference to the media. Here we go. Yeah, I think for for us, a disappointing game, obviously. Disappointing start to the season. Uh, But... You know, I think the guys did a really good job uh, of coming that next day with, you know, a very focused um, demeanor, um, ready to listen, ready to learn, and uh, try to figure out, uh, you know, what happened, really. And, um, you know, I think our guys, uh, you know, have had a really good day and a half, you know, since then. You know, they were dejected, you know, like, like, most uh, kids would be their age, you know, and, and uh, it was a packed house, great crowd, and, uh, you know, we didn't play as well as we wanted to, and uh, McNeese State had a lot to do with it, and so, um, you know, the message is we, can, we need to do better, you know, than we did in this particular game, and it's not, you know, it's about more than just one play here or there. Uh, we all have a job to do, and, and we didn't get it done. First game with a new group, did you learn anything in terms of guys that were on the floor together, rotations that you can really take into Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things right now is like uh, because of where we're at with the roster and the injuries and Joe's situation, you know, everybody's going to play. And so everybody that's that's eligible to play right now is going to get on the court. And, you know, how well they play will determine how much they play. And the guys understand that. Um and so, uh, you know, I think, what did we learn? You know, we learned that McNeese State is a pretty good team, uh, number one. They have some veterans, you know, out there. Uh, you know, you look at our team right now, we have, you know, one, you know, real veteran and Max, right, that, you know, has played a bunch of games. Uh, but when you think about it, that was his first game in this arena. You know, even though he's a, a transfer, you know, and, and he's, started a bunch of games during the course of his career he's he still is his first time under these lights here you know Zeb you know averaged 17 minutes a game you know last year and um, so it was his first you know real you know uh, starters minutes you know that game played 36 Um, and then you talk about Michael Bell's first game you know that he's played in in college Fats you know really same thing um Toby and Firm, you know, Firm first start, you know, and, and major minutes. And so you keep going down the roster and it's like all of them are new to this. And while they're talented, it's still not the same as having, you know, uh, a bunch of starts and games under your belt. And so you have, you're gonna, we're going to have to work into it. And that's not to make excuses for the guys. It's just the situation and the circumstances that we're in right now. It's clear to see that we have some talent. Uh, and and guys that are really going to help 
us win and make the Ram faithful proud. But we've got to do, we've got to play better, and we've got to make sure that we're playing more urgently uh, on every possession. With the three-point shooting in particular, you know, it's just such a small sample size. What yeah. Game, how did you feel about the shot selection? Yeah, could be better. Yeah, it could be better. There were certainly some out there that were great and wide open, and and uh, but sometimes there's some that are open in, in in the player's eyes, and they have to make some of those decisions. And uh, you need uh, evidence as to okay, well, look at this one. All right, now look at your teammate right beside you. Like his is even more open than what you have right here, and so it's it's a learning tool, you know, for the guys. And there certainly were were several of those in that particular game where there could have been one more pass, you know, one less dribble, you know, to make sure that we got the ball where it needed to go. And and that's all part of learning, you know, and and being being out there and having that experience. And sitting in the stands, kind of like when Kwani shot his first one, you're like, whoa, you know, the big man shooting. But you're cool with him shooting from. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, he works on it every day. He's got a championship work ethic. And, you know, you've seen him in some of these other games, you know, in in this Mars Hill game, obviously. Like, he can make shots. And we expect him to make shots. We need him to make shots. He expects to make shots. It didn't go his way, you know, in that that particular game. But, um, you know, I'm not concerned about his ability to knock him in. Defensively, anything you see on film, picking out that Wednesday game? Yeah, I mean, that was our biggest Achilles heel. You know, we were we were really bad in offensive uh, transition. You know, our transition game was terrible, you know, in that in that particular game. I think we were 0.5 points per possession, which is, is rare, you know, and not really something that we would have expected, you know, with this team as much as we've worked on it. Um, been good in other games. Uh, it just was not in that particular one. Uh, you know, after timeouts, the guys were excellent. I think it was 1.3, you know, points per possession. We were, uh, for the game, over a point per possession, which you can win games when you're doing that. And so uh, I think 77% of our field goals were assisted, which is an astronomical number. Um, so there were some good things offensively, and, and there was also a lot of things that our guys look – you know, we've showed our guys since the game where it's like, man, like – there was a lot more out there to be had for us defensively and effort and uh, intensity and being ready uh, and chasing balls, like all those things. We were subpar in that game and the guys understand it. They've seen it, you know, at this point, we've got to play harder, you know, if we expect to win. With the, with Samford coming to town, what can you tell us about them and, and the challenge you're going to present here? They're going to provide a stiff challenge, no different than uh, McNeese State. You know, this is this is a team that won over 20 games last year. Um, they expect to win, whether they're at home or on the road. Um, they're well coached. Uh, they have a very unique style uh, of play. Um, they're aggressive. You know, on defense, uh, they press, they trap. You know, they're up and down. They're, they're getting the ball up and down the court. They shoot threes. They drive the ball. Uh, they've got a, a go-to guy at the four spot, and, you know, similar to McNeese State. You know, we've just faced Shoemate, who's a great player, uh, and they could go to him at key times. You know, uh, Sanford's going to have that as well. Uh, but that's not the only player that they have. You know, they've got multiple guys. They have our point guard from Utah State, you know, who started for me for two years. You know, he's a great player. Um, and so they're going to provide a stiff challenge. There's no doubt about it. 
so many home games early on here for a group of guys that's that's getting used to playing. This is VCU basketball coach Ryan Odom's weekly press conference. You're listening to 910 The Fan. On here, but to have those home games in this great environment here, how is that helping those guys get adjusted to, to Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to have our fans here. There's no doubt about it because they give us such a boost, right? And when we weren't playing well the other night, you know, our fans were right there for us to, to lift us up. And we had it, you know, to a point where it had a couple of those shots gone in, you know, late. And we had a little bit cleaner possession here or there. Um, you know, the roof would have come off. And uh, maybe that would have spurred us on, you know, one more time to, to kind of get that game to go our way. But uh, we didn't do it. We didn't give them enough to cheer about. And so we've got to make sure that, um, you know, we're making the most of these opportunities at home because, you uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time, you know, for these players, exciting time for our fans, and we want to make sure that we're representing these, these fans and, and just VCU in general the right way. I, I know we can't ask you about specific recruits, but as you come back to VCU, I know you've, you've been an East Coast guy. Yeah. Is there a familiarity as you work, work this area and work, you know, start to... Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, we've certainly recruited here for a number of years, the majority of my career, and, and um, you know, we've been able to reconnect with folks here and in, uh, in Virginia, but then also outside, you know, heading up towards Baltimore and D.C. and then south to North Carolina, where we're from. So it's uh, it's obviously been uh, a great time for us to reconnect. And, uh, you know, recruiting is a big part, you know, of, you know, the, the health, the overall health of your program. And recruiting is a very different animal right now. You know, it just is. It's way different than when I first started, you know, coaching. And, uh you know, we all have to adjust, and, and certainly we're going to do that. What have you learned about the VCU brand as you've been on the ride? Yeah, I, I mean, it was coming in, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 huge. I mean, you think about you know all the great players that have played here, and some were highly recruited, and some weren't. You know, that turned out to be awesome players, and uh, some were overlooked. And so, you know, for us, you know, we've got to make sure that we're recruiting the right players for VCU, and. Um, you know what we've talked to our guys at length about what VCU basketball is, right, and what it is known for, and um, you know, it's one of the reasons we read Red Legacy this summer, is so we could tie the current group to this program and its past, right? That's what the book's really all about. It's it's this team's time to make make its own name and its legacy and leave a legacy, but you know. Um, you know, there's so much history that has happened here. And um, when you think about VCU basketball, you think about, uh, you know, never backing down. You think about the toughness. You think about the mental toughness. You think about the physical toughness. You think about, you know, the, uh, the team that's going to be the aggressor, right, and, uh, and play extremely hard and, uh, and give it everything that they have and uh, never back down. And I think that's, you know, certainly something that, you know, we'll, we will make sure continues, you know, here, um, you know, while we're in this next chapter. That was VCU basketball coach Ryan Odom, his weekly press conference, back with a reaction and thoughts right after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.